Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to God. Peace to the universe. What's good with you? Uh, same old crap, different day, brother. How you feeling tonight, bro? I'm good. Um, maintaining. How about okay. you? Okay. Well, I know last night <clears throat> was a uh, pretty heavy night. Um, yes, sir. Based on the conversation, uh, I know that had to weigh on you a little bit. Um, yes, sir. So, I don't, I just wanted to try to gauge where your mind mindset is. Yeah, I spoke to my friend today um, from Connecticut, and uh, she visited, visited me and James here in New York, and uh, as a woman, she said, um, no matter what I've gone through with my daughters, they're going to wake up one day and you, as their father, have to be prepared to um, help them. Hmm. Wisdom. <laughs> Uh, I think my only problem is I'm not in a position to help them. And that that is weighing heavy on my mind. I, see, I well, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Mm. I, I'm not sure how to respond to what um, you just told me that she said. Right. <clears throat> and the reason why I I'm hesitant to to, to respond um, because I don't think it. I I don't view what they're going through as a sleeping situation. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that um, things are going to miraculously happen. Hmm. Indeed, you know, I I don't believe in. Uh, a miracle God, and I don't believe that things just miraculously happen. I think that one of the slogans that I always say is you can tell tomorrow by today. Hmm. And what I mean by that is what you're doing today is going to be the manifestation of your tomorrow. Hmm. So if you're not preparing for tomorrow, then tomorrow will will look like today. Hmm. It's not just going to mirac- miraculously change. Yes, sir. And and I think we had the conversation when I talked about we talked about prayer one time, right. and I said prayer prayer is the manifestation of that in which you pray at, in which you pray for. Hmm. If if all you're doing is praying, I, I remember um, growing up in SUNY. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting in the beginning, and again, you know, I grew grew up in SUNY very young. Right. So my level of understanding had to evolve. Um, but I remember a goal for, for brothers used to be that you would pray so much that you would elevate off the ground. Right. <laughs> and now now I don't know that that has ever happened, but brothers used to talk about people that 
had done that. And I remember people would say, and again, I don't know that this happened, but the Sufi is the, 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 the Sufi um, brothers could do that or had done it. And that the brother that was in uh, charge of the Ancelar community was one of the brothers who had did that. Mm. Now, I don't know if that was true, but I remember I used to go to that community when I was in New York and I used to go to it makes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got older, what started to become bewildering to me was if you're spending that much time praying, how much time are you spending in your natural life? Hmm. Right? Like, like what are you naturally doing in your normal life that you have time to pray so much? Hmm. Right? And so um, it was difficult for me because I had a I had a life that I had to live because I need to feed myself and all that stuff. I couldn't spend my time just praying, right? right. Because I didn't have a situation where that was feasible. And I don't know that most people do, mm. right? But so I, I'm, I, and, and so to get back to where I started with this conversation is, um, I don't think it's fair for you to have to sit back and wait for someone else to get their act together so that you could be prepared to help them. That doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Right? And because to me, what what I know for sure in the life that I've lived, I've seen people die doing the things that they do every day. Mm. Right? And, and, and And what I mean by that is I've seen them allow their habits to be the death of them. Mm. I don't mean that in a negative way in, at right. all towards towards your daughters. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is I've seen people um be hooked on drugs, selling drugs, mm-hmm. you know, just living that lifestyle right. in which the mom and the dad and family members have prayed for them to stop doing. But they didn't their prayers were not enough for them to stop doing those things. Right. So as so as a result, I've seen many of them, you know, many f- friends and, you know, uh, close people to me pass away as a result mm-hmm. because they, they, they couldn't get in front of what was happening. Wow. And I don't even know that they had a desire to do so. Right. But, but what I do know is that self-destructive behavior can be the death of you. Exactly. And so that's why like we had a conversation last night where we may have spent 20, 30 minutes talking about fighting and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I speak very honestly and very candidly today saying that I'm, you know, I am no longer that person, nor do I desire to be that person because right. I understand the consequences that come with that. Right. You know, and I and I and I know living that life. Of, of where I come from, I know I, I know the end result of that. I've seen it mm. many time at the time at the time at the time at the time. So I know that ultimately the end result of that is not a good place. Right. And because I work in mental health and things, you know, I've seen young fools become old fools. 
<laughs> That's the worst fool that you want to be. Hmm. Indeed. You know, you was a fool all your life, but now you are old fool. Hmm. You know, and I think Muhammad Ali said it best. He said, "If you, if you, if you're 20 and thinking the way you think at 20." But then you turn 50 and you're still thinking the way that you thought at, at 20, you just wasted 30 years of your life. Wow. That is so true. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that to say that I don't want you to waste time waiting. Right? Okay. Because it, it goes contradictory to, to, to it goes contradictory to life. It goes contradictory to the progress. Right. Right. Because you you can't sit around and wait for someone else to do what they're supposed to do so right. that you can then give them the help that they need. That's not it's that's not fair to the universe. It's not fair to you. It's it's not even fair to them. Right. So I, I you know but here's what I know for sure. Mm-hmm. What I do know for sure is that whenever you're ready to get your act together, then the universe will start to bring those things in place that will help you get your life together. That's what I know for sure. Yes, sir. That is correct, sir. I totally agree with that. Because uh, it's like the scenario with the um, the plane going down and the oxygen mass drop you have to put it on yourself first mm-hmm. and so I think the best way to help them is to work on my own self improvement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because <clears throat> I just want to deal with reality right and based on what you told me those are not easy situations. You don't just wake up one day and say, oh, man, I've been doing some effed up stuff. Right. You, you don't just wake up from that and all of a sudden you just start to say, oh, I want to get my life together. That's not how that works. And I right. think that we as black people, uh, you know, we, we've we been taught that, right? And I, and, and I hate that. Right. I, I really, really hate that because I feel like that's what I was taught for a long period of time in my life. And I feel like it was so self-destructive, hmm. right? Because, you know, just go to church, just pray about it. Um, you know, just just all of this, um, like, magical stuff that's going to magically happen. <laughs> when the reality is, if someone is looking at me and saying, oh, man, wow, what, what happened? You know, like, I magically, you, you know, <laughs> turn some way, right. you know? Negating all the years of work right. you put in, right. it doesn't. It, it it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it, it, but but here's the funny part: is when people see me, they say, "Oh man, you changed." I'm like, nigga, <laughs> hell yeah, I've been, you know, <laughs> oh you different. <laughs> like that's a bad thing, right? Right. What, what? Oh you 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 man, you change. You different, man. You you know you you talk real different. You act real different. 
I'm like, nigga, why would I work so hard to still be the same person? Mm. That doesn't make sense. Mm. And, and, exactly. and, and, and I already know the person that you remember me as. I know what that person looks like. Mm. You just don't know what this person looks like. And because this new person makes you uncomfortable, then I need to make you comfortable by going back to being that person. Doesn't make sense to me. Right. That's irrational behavior. Right. You know, so I, I almost rather you continue, not almost, I rather you be uncomfortable with who I am than me go back and make you comfortable. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, I mean, I do, I was a, man, I was a, a time bomb. <laughs> a time bomb, bro. I mean, there was, I, if I looked at the 20-year-old me, I wouldn't even want to be in a room with him, man. Dude was a, man, I, 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 I like, I would really hurt you in a way that, you know, it don't even make sense to me now. Right. Like, I would do some, I would really do some, man, I would, I, I would go to your house and hurt you. You know, I would like literally knock on your door. Your parents would come to the door and I would hurt you in front of your parents. <laughs> you know, that's just how bad it was. I, I hate to even say that, mm-hmm. to talk like that, because that's that was really in a bad place. I was just like, right. but and, and I didn't. It shows that you've grown to even admit that. But I, and, and bro, I didn't even know that. I, when I was doing that, I didn't see that as bad. Right. I, I that, didn't. That was the problem. Yeah. You know, and so I, I did things, man, that, you know, I, I think that I was too, um, I was I was too crazy to know that it was crazy. Right. Because I think had I thought about it, I would not have done it. But I, I didn't, I didn't think about what I was going to do. It just, you know, I was just like. Instinct. I, yeah, right. I think that's, a, I think that's the operative word. It, it was instinctive. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, I knew if it was your life or my life, I was gonna try to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was I, I was very different. So because now that's deep down, bro. You gotta be deep down. You gotta come from something to be that way. So I I was coming from some place in my life. I was coming from bad places in my life. You know, and all I knew was survival. So, you, so I was gonna live, and you right. and you was not if right. if you got in my way. Right. And right. that doesn't change overnight. Bruh, you you talking, I mean, me and you've been friends for maybe almost 30 years or so. Yes, but then sir. there were maybe 15, 20 years where we did not have communication. Right. But during that time, I was working. Mm-hmm. You know, and even in that working, bruh, bruh I'm still working. Indeed. <laughs> I'm still working. You know, it, just, I'm, I'm, it, it never ends. It's right. A, I right. think we said on the last podcast, it's a daily fight. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you start working, that's when it's the end, bro. Wow, that is correct, sir. That is correct. So, so I, I, I want to say, if whatever situation a person is in, you know. And, and, and me working in mental health, man, I see this every day. I don't, uh, you know, the, the clients that I take the most serious is the ones that really do the work, mm-hmm. is the ones that are the ones that are coming in every day. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't expect 
for a change to come from a client that I got to go out and try to seek and find and try right. to give help to. Man, I, I, the worst thing in the world, I, I think, not the worst thing, but one of the worst things in the world is try to help to give help to someone that doesn't want it. Right, right. Right. You're going to work harder than that person is ever going to work. Hmm. But not only, but but not only are you going to be trying to give help to someone who doesn't want it, they're not going to receive it. Right. So even as great as it, I don't. Let, let me tell you, bro. If you became a millionaire tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you went back to try to help out your situation, mm-hmm. and they weren't ready to receive it, you be broke in those same three months that right. you told me that you, when you went to South Carolina, you be right. broke. Because mm-hmm. you would throw all your money at a situation that right. people weren't able to handle. That's right. That is so correct. And uh, I've, I've done it, so I, I know exactly how irrational that is to even think it will come to fruition. I, I know my, my youngest daughter was 13 and all of this bad behavior had started. Um, I thought I could throw money at the situation. We can get her all of the psychiatric help she needs and all of this other nonsense. And um, it just kept getting worse. Everybody else was um, the mother, the father, were all involved with all of these other helpful, honest people. But the daughter hadn't changed. In fact, she went into worse behavior than the initial behavior that we were trying to fix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, man. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta have the person to buy in. Right. They gotta buy in. Right. They gotta they gotta you know in any treatment the person has to buy in. They have to say, you know what I'm going I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. They have to you invest know? in themselves. Right. They you they because otherwise. It ain't them. It's you wanting them to get better. It's not them hmm. wanting to get better. It's you wanting them to get better. You That's wanting them, you you wanting them to get better is not gonna make them better. Hmm. And that that's what I learned from the youngest one at thirteen. I, that's been a ten year fight so far, and it hasn't gotten better. Right. I tell you, when my son was like. I don't know, maybe he was 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in the gym and I was working out and I was talking to an older cat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was so frustrated with my son at the time because I couldn't understand how, um, in my mind, I thought that because I didn't have a father, so if I was a father and I was there, you know, each day and I was raising my kid, that um, somehow or another, miraculously, he would just naturally be, you know, this this good kid, do do <laughs> all the things I want him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was for a long time, you know, all the way up until he got like in elementary school. 
Mm-hmm. It was elementary, junior high, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, like sixth, seventh grade or whatever. Right. And um, well, yeah, sixth, seventh grade. And man, every day I was getting a phone call from the teacher. <laughs> and I was like, I man, <laughs> I have told this dude that I mean, <laughs> you know, if he continued to do X, Y, Z, and this dude just kept Mm-hmm. I kept getting the phone calls. <laughs> so I remember one day I was working out and um I was talking to this older cat. Mm-hmm. And I was mentioning this is an older cat. Um that I just over time, you know, we work not work out together, but just right. have conversations because we was always always in the gym together. Right. And and he said to me, and I always remember this, he said he's, I was talking about a situation. I don't remember what the situation was, but I remember him smiling and laughing and he looked at me and said <laughs> um he said yeah I've been there my wow. he said yeah my mine's are older he said but here's what you gotta do young bro he said you gotta convince him that you that you're not the enemy hmm. and I felt enlightened by that hmm. right and and so <laughs> here's what I initially did right mm-hmm I um don't remember uh, at what point, um, but it, it felt so powerful that I wanted to go home and just sh- say to my son, "Hey, son, I need you to know I'm I'm not your enemy." Mm-hmm. But it but it didn't work like that. But um, there was a situation situation that happened, um, and I my son and I was having a conversation, and I shared with him those sentiments. Mm-hmm. I said, "What I want you to know." Is that I'm your father, I'm not your enemy. Hmm. And I and I thought that that was gonna be enough, right? For him to get it. Kind of hmm. like the conversation I was having with you last night, where right. you were saying that you had had all these conversations with your daughter. Hmm. And you, you know, you would think that they would just naturally boom, get right. that. But they aren't operating from the perspective that you're operating from. Hmm. Right. And so the same with my son. I mean, even as profound as that was coming from the old dude to me. I got it as wisdom. But when I try to share it to my son, he he didn't get it like that. (laughs) Right? So one day, I picked him up from school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we used to have these um, um, Friday, because I, I, you know, I used to get my hair cut every Friday, every Mm -hmm. Friday for for like 20 years. (laughs) So when my son got old, I used to cut his hair when he was younger. But Mm -hmm. then when he started getting like, you know, uh, fifth, sixth grade, he, he didn't like the way I cut it. So, <laughs> so I started taking him to the barbershop with me. Mm-hmm. So one day I'm I'm driving, I pick him up. I, I took him out of public school. I put him in private school. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm picking him up from private school and we're riding in the car. And I look over and I start to have this conversation with him. And I say, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I look at him and I say, hey, son. I said, um, um, let me ask you, I said, I, I never had a father. So this is my first go around with this. I don't, you know, naturally think I know what to do, but I'm mm-hmm. doing the best that I can do. I said, so let me ask you, what is it that you want from a father? What is it that you think a father should be doing? Mm-hmm. And And am I doing what you feel like I should be doing as a father? Hmm. I think that was one of the most powerful 
conversation that I had had with him, you know, at the time, because like he really sat there and just like, you know, like he was thinking, like he was pondering, mm. you know, like, um, you know, and, and, and so then our conversation expanded, mm-hmm. right? As I started to tell him about how I didn't have a father and how I was learning with him and even in me learning with him that I might make mistakes along the way, you know, and that I understand that I'm not perfect and all all that stuff. I was having that conversation. And I think in me sharing with him that, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm probably making mistakes with you. Mm -hmm. I want to know what mistakes I'm making with you. You know, can you help me help you? Mm. You know, so that we could both become better. And then we got into this conversation where I started to tell him how I was as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And one one of the things that I started to tell him about me as a kid, as I said, you know, I was really, really confused as a kid. And I really felt like God um, had besaken me. I didn't understand why God had put me in the situation that I was right. in where, you know, I didn't have a, a mom or a dad that was there for me. And I felt like I felt abandoned and I felt weird and I felt alone. And I think when I started to, to share that with him, mm-hmm. it, it, there was something that connected that, bro, I'm telling you, I don't know what happened, but he just opened up and just started talking. Mm-hmm. And, and we just been like, since that point, you know, we, we've had like, you know, just like, like constant, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, Bonding? Yeah, you know, just. Um, Where he finally gets it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but he, you know, but he, and, and he's even said to me, like, like when, we, when we've had those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You know, but when he when he said to me, um, like uh, recently, you know, mm-hmm. like that, you know, I was, I, I really didn't even understand you, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm I'm older now, so I I, I get it, I get you, mm-hmm. and I was confused because I didn't understand, like, how could you <laughs> grow up with me all this time and not, you know, but right. he probably just saw me as 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 weird, where okay. I I can understand how. Now I can understand because I, I would never be able to understand prior how boys could grow up with their fathers and not have a good relationship or have these awkward relationships. That never made sense to me. Right. I thought if you grew up with your dad, you just naturally knew how to be a man. But mm-hmm. what I what what I began to understand in raising my son was that that's not the case, right? Right. But but you know. Because you all are different ages. And so if you're this older man and you got these kids, you become frustrated with their awkwardness, right? right? And, and and them not being able to understand and relate, especially if you're working and you're doing all these things for them. And you got these kids that are basically, you look at them like, 
you know, <laughs> fucking fuck also, fucking lazy, or you know, what you know, why are they not doing what they're supposed to be doing in the way that I'm telling them to do it? And it is very frustrating. It and sure if you is. don't and, and if you don't know how to communicate with your kids, which most of us as parents don't, because you aren't trained in that in that in right. that way, you be you you create right. this fucked up relationship with your kids and you don't even know that you mm. are right but it's it's happening you know and so there becomes this dysfunctional relationship in the household where it was almost probably better for you not to be there right. as a parent than to be there <laughs> because right. because all you did was exacerbate a problem right but you don't you don't you don't know that because you think I'm if I'm here then that should be enough but it's not right that is correct and there has to be an eye-opening moment not only for the um the um the child in in this relationship but for the parent as well and until that happens there will be no growth yeah no yeah, and if you're a parent, and depending on how you grew up, there's no, again, there's no magical. There's not, nothing magic in it, bro. You ain't right. just magically gonna, gonna know that. How, how are you gonna magically know that? You right. you can't stay in the same circle, around the same people, and think that some one day you're just gonna wake up and be different from everybody else. Right. That's not gonna happen. That's what... <laughs> you're, gonna, you, you're gonna have to come out of the circle that you're in right. in order to see something different, in order to do something different. Right. My whole life has shifted because the way that I grew up and the people that I grew up around, I ain't around them. That's right. I'm comp- I'm I'm completely different. Not completely different, but I'm very different. Right. You know, from that, you know, and the people that I come from like that aren't aren't comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at me as like this nigga different. You know, you know, and and. <laughs> They feel some kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, in that they feel like, you know, I owe them something or, I, you know, right. which right. is crazy to me because I don't feel like that from them. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking anything of them. Exactly. It's it's uh, pretty deep, brother. And we are at the 30-minute mark in our opening session in DFN Universe Black Power Thinking Black Psychology and a little dark humor Um, we'll get into this more when we come back peace to the peace to the God DFN Universe my colleague Dr. Moore um I said in the last segment that um, prayer, work is better than prayer. Understanding is better than parenthood. Well, work is prayer. Hmm. Um, now that's profound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause... I think uh, people looking for a magic bullet see it that way. And that may be their first problem. Well, that's 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 the distortion, bro. Hmm. 
that's the distortion because um, I think I was having a conversation with you um, last night. I was conversation I was having with my son about um, purpose in life. Mm-hmm. You know, your purpose, your prayer, your manifestation is is what you do, hmm. and not what you pray for. Yeah, but what well, because it's 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 hypocritical. Right, it's hypocritical to say that you believe in God, right? And to say that if you believe in God, then you believe that God made you the way that you're supposed to be. He gave you all the things that He gave, you know, that He was supposed to give you. If that is the case, then you are then being hypocritical to the God that you say you believe in because now you're not utilizing the things that He He has given you. Right. You're not utilizing the gifts that he, he's giving you. And now you're going back to him and saying, uh, you know, uh, what is the gift? Hmm. Now, if if you give me the gift, tell me what the gift is and tell me how to use it. Hmm. You know, it's like raising a child, right? Mm-hmm. And giving them food, clothing, and shelter. Giving them all the things that you give them, all the resources that they need. Right. And then and they the come. Guidance. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, you give them all that. And then they come back to you and say, Well, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it's not fair because now, what is it that you're going to do with what you've been given? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, 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 I just feel like if you say that you believe in prayer, if you say that you believe in in God, what is the manifestation of the prayer and the belief that Mm. you say you believe? Mm. Because I'm going to tell you, for me, when, when, as as much as when I first uh, met you the second time in Mm. New York, and I initially, I don't know if I said it to you, but I was like, Man, this nation of Islam stuff is wrong or whatever. <laughs> and I'm gonna prove that his brother this stuff is wrong. <laughs> and and you know, you invited me out of those Bible studies and all that stuff, and I was initially irritated, like, what the fuck is this name? He invited me, you know, and you wouldn't even tell me, you just meet, meet me here. And I would go and I'd be like, I know damn well this dude then just like spent all that time in a damn Bible study. And talking about the Quran and all like, that, man, I'd be frustrated. <laughs> Well, the first time I was frustrated, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't believe this shit. Like, man, I, you know, I don't care about that. <laughs> and, and but 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 over time I I started to I could look back at that and be like, oh wow, okay, you know, I, I, I get it. But 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 more than that, when when I got exposed to the teachings mm-hmm. and the teaching said Supreme Wisdom teaching first. Uh, question asked was, who is the original man? Mm. The original man is an Asiatic black man, make it on the cream of the planet Earth, father, civilization, God of the universe. Mm-hmm. Say, like, wait a minute. If that's the answer, you know, then there's I, the purpose. <laughs> I, you know, I, I began to say, if the black man is God, <laughs> then you, then I, I am mathematics, mm. I am science. I am history. Mm. At the top of my um, eyelid, mm. you know, is is a hundred and eighty degrees. Mm. No, it's ninety degrees. 
Mm-hmm. The bottom of my I uh, one eyelid is is nine degrees. That's one hundred and eighty degrees in one eye. You know, in the other eye, that's one hundred and eighty degrees in that eye. That's three hundred sixty degrees. That's a complete circle. Yes, sir. Then that means I I I can see. You know, three hundred sixty degrees. I mean, you know, if 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 there's no said bro birth record to the original man, which is an Asiatic black man, then that means that I am history. Hmm. You know, if... I was always here. (laughs) Right. You know, if science is the study of, and you still have, and and they're still trying to understand the black man, Hmm. then that means that I am science. I am science. I am history. I am... If I am these things, then why have I settled for someone telling me that I can't understand math, that I can't mm. understand history, that I can't understand science? Mm. I, I started to believe that, whoa, wait a minute, I am God. Mm. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding manifest God. Mm. So if you have knowledge, in order for you to have wisdom, that means you have to understand knowledge. If you have knowledge and wisdom, then you can manifest God. And I said, well, you know, wait a minute. Arm, leg, leg, arm, head, Allah, born in in, in person is me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing <laughs> that the God can't do. Right. Man, it changed my life. <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. was like, Indeed. It changed all of our lives, man. It was... And I thought I was a pretty smart fellow before I went into the nation. And I was like, here's the roadmap right here in front of me all of this time. And I was looking for it elsewhere. And it's in me. It's in you. It, I, everyone out in the audience, there is no greater computer, no greater... Um, existence than what's in you what you can change in you there there is the biggest um, goal to attain is perfection in yourself I I, I will say this though Mm -hmm. what I realized for me Mm -hmm. was those teachings were able I was able to apply those teachings to me you're right I'm not saying that that's going to work for everybody. That worked for me. Right. I, and and so I understand now, but those were the teachings that I needed. Exactly. And those are the teachings that a lot of us need. Yeah. But it's not the teachings that all of us need. Right. So whatever it is that you need to get you to that point, then fine. But for me, that that was a teaching that I needed. Yes, sir. You know, I, I, I because I because even in everything I knew, that was the most confidence that I think I've ever obtained in my life. Yes, right? sir. Me too. The, the, the confidence that I had, because growing up and seeing a white Jesus on the wall, mm-hmm. you know, in the living room, in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and just about <laughs> every room of the house, it, it was kind of hard to not feel a certain way right. about white people right. or about seeing God as white. 
and a limitation to put on yourself, an undue limitation. Yeah, yeah, and, and and but the audacity, the audacity. I'm gonna say it mm. one more time. The mm. audacity to believe that God wasn't white. Mm. That was that that was huge for me. Right. That was huge for me because that was bold and that was out of the box and it was like, right. You, you know, w- wait a minute. We believed in white God, but and you didn't even know. <laughs> You didn't even know that you, you didn't even know that you believed in white superiority the way right. that you believed in white superiority. Right. Because prior to that, even if you closed your eyes and you had a con- conception of God, you couldn't help but think about all the pictures that you had grown up and seen right. all of your life. You all couldn't right. help but to view God as white. And I'm telling you, bro, I remember as a kid, I remember seeing white people all of my life mm-hmm. that reminded me of God, right? Of Jesus, right? And they were just white men that looked like the picture that I had seen all of my life. Mm. And, and and what's weird about it is like when I see it today, it is like the most um, <laughs> it, it's like the most hideous thing that I can see in terms of <laughs> a perception of God. And but 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 what what's even worse is when I see black people post something like that. Mm. When I see when I see black people post a peach a picture of um, this alleged Jesus or this alleged God, and say something like, uh, "If you know him, post Amen" or something like that. I think it's the freaking, it's like the the craziest thing in the freaking world to me that people still feel like that. And that's why, you know, bro, I'm gonna tell you, I you won't find a man. I'm about to say something bad. I was about to, about to say you won't find a cracker picture in my house, but I. I but but I don't I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense right. about white folks, but I mean that in a negative sense, rightfully so, in the sense of someone posing as the Christ, right. posing as God. You, you know, I I I I see that as as blasphemy. We we had to have that wake up call, and once we did, it was um, on to a different reality. And um, that's what we're trying to create in everybody, especially if you are having a hard time. Um, one of the things that um, I wrote about yesterday's uh, session was that um, Black God has to be a joke or has a sense of humor because we seem to be catching hell as Black people even to this very day. and um, But if that's the way you look at it, it's limiting. And um, what uh, Elijah Muhammad put in our mind was that you are the God. You don't have to look for any God. It's already in you. You just have to manifest it outwardly. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's why I think I have such a big problem with this brother, um, Rock Rock Rahman, right? Um, because it, it's almost calculating to me, right? In in that he put out this piece about Malcolm X, mm-hmm. and people loved it, mm-hmm. but I but now as I'm watching him, it's almost calculating, in like I feel like calculating in the sense that he put that piece out then right. 
And now as I watch him and I watch his movements, mm-hmm. he's he's like trying to systematically break down the nation. Right. And that disturbs me because he 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 first did um um after getting all the validation and accolades about who killed Malcolm X, mm-hmm. he couldn't directly come at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan right. and, uh, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He couldn't directly come at them, right? So he had to go to the actual person who pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. And so he did that. So then he, now I'm watching him and he's doing this series now, mm-hmm. almost like what Spike Lee did with the movie Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's given these series mm-hmm. because now there's a credibility to who he is as a researcher, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And and so people are tuning in. So now he, he did this series like a month or two ago mm-hmm. about who was Master Farad Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Right? And he went into all these court records and, and all this other stuff, <laughs> uh, 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 police records and all this other stuff and, <laughs> you, you know, saying this is who this person is, right? Mm-hmm. And he did a whole series on that, like he's a like he's a scholar on right. On, right. Uh, on, uh, on on you know on the nation. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing a series on who, um, uh, um, uh, not Masfar Muhammad, but the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. He's doing a series now on Dr. Honorable Elijah Muhammad and how Dr. Honorable Elijah Muhammad came into the nation of Islam. And so as I'm watching this unfold, I'm watching this dude attempt to discredit the nation of Islam. Right. And and here's the thing, it's going to work because I've, I've read some of the credits or whatever, seen some of the people um, uh, like, oh, brother, you're so smart. Oh, brother, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, seeing some, him get into some of the arguments with some of the uh, members of the nation of Islam, him calling them clowns and buffoons. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing that really gets me, right? Mm-hmm. As as being a brother that grew up in in the Sunni, and he's a Sunni uh, Muslim. Mm-hmm. If I don't understand how you can clown or attempt to clown um, the nation of Islam, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Wallace, uh, Master Farah Muhammad, the Honorable Lodge Muhammad. Mr. Farrakhan, but you can believe in the story of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You you believe in the story of the Prophet Muhammad, who was illiterate, <laughs> who couldn't read or write. Right. But the Quran was given to him. Right. But so mysterious. Right. So so somehow or another, your 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 magicalism. About the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, that's believable, and mm-hmm. and the and the Quran is the holy book of all books, mm-hmm. right? But you believe in all the prophets, you believe in all, you believe in Jesus, you believe in all everybody else that comes before Master, uh, uh, mm-hmm. that comes before uh, um, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but you don't want to have nothing to do with nobody else, and right. you believe that you have the ultimate. And you believe that you're going to paradise, man. That right. shit makes no sense to me, <laughs> right? Because to me, you know, I think the nation of Islam has just as much credit as Christianity, as right. Sunni Islam, as any other Islamic, and, and same with the five percent, right? 
if if you use it in the way that it's supposed to be used. Right. It's the same principles. Exactly. It is the exact same principles. And I'm like, you know, that's why that's why today I don't call myself any particular set of Muslim. Right. And I wouldn't even let if this brother was to say, Oh, you ain't really Muslim, I would be like, wouldn't kiss my ass. <laughs> one, because who are you to tell me that I am or not? Because right. one, man don't make Muslim, Allah does. And if you hmm. tell me that 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 I'm not, who are you? Right. You know, because you don't know my heart. You don't, you know, you you don't determine where I go and where I don't go. And hmm. based on your limited understanding, what makes you what what makes you more of a god than me? Or hmm. what makes you know what makes you more in in reverence to, to, to God than me? Right. And I don't even care if you're praying five, six, ten times a day. The right. manifestation of your prayer and the manifestation of your work is what? Right. So I'm sorry, but I may have went off on a tangent, but it just no, frustrates. It just frustrates me. That's where we had to go because um, one of the things that um was very profound when I first um, started studying the teachings was um, the exercise that they gave us. It said, um, "Close your eyes and think of God." And before the nation, I could not think of myself or my people as God. And when when they said think of God, it always came up white and male. And I didn't I didn't think of that. But this is what was in my manifestation at the time. I wasn't even religious. But I could not see anything black being good. Yeah, which makes sense. Because my reality showed me that these niggas ain't worth a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are indoctrinated that way. Oh, indeed. Because we go to a white school, a white government, a white church. A or a black theology. or 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 a black church with right. white theology, right? Because you can look if you go to a black church that has pictures of a white Jesus, your ass is in trouble. But <laughs> but even if you go to a black church without pictures of a white Jesus, but teaches white theology, you are in trouble, right? And um, so if if all of your um, systems or structures of or institutions are built by this uh, beneficent white man. When you close your eyes, like it or not, you cannot think of anything other than white as being the the answer. It takes something to change in your mind when you close your eyes and see power. And and here, here's the thing, bro. For me, mm. I don't care how they want to discredit Master Rob Muhammad. I don't right. care where he came from. I don't right. care about any of that. But because it's the manifestation of what he did. Right. Exactly. That, mani- that manifests God to me. Right. Because you know, it's the works, not... not um, yeah, because, because you people want to make it m- mystical. 
Right. Like, like, like Jesus and all these people have to be mystical beings, right? Right. And not understand that I don't even know if Jesus and all these people even ever existed. But, you know, for the sake right. of conversation, let's say Abraham, Noah, all these people did. Right. Right. If Even if they did. I don't believe in the ark and all of that. Was right. You know, nice. those are nice fairy tales. But if you want to believe in it, fine. But, it, and even if they, these people did exist, right? If they did exist at some point in time, they still were human beings. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and and when you read their stories, I mean, Noah wasn't a pure person. He killed somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, when you read the story of, of Job and all these other people, man, you know, having patience and all these things, and Moses, Moses killing the person, you know, and um, uh, who was it? Lot that slept with his daughters. I mean, there's all these crazy right. things that happen with all these people in the Bible. Right. And you want to sit here and try to criticize to me. Um, the one man, <laughs> the the the, the, the not not the honorable Elijah Muhammad, but even if, you, if even if you criticize him, right, and and you criticize the master Rob Muhammad, how the freak are they any different? If to, right. to me, they're all they were all human beings. If you believe this stuff, right, or right. if you don't believe it, and that means you believe in a mystery god, mystery right. system, and all that, then that's something different. Then we can't have a conversation because I'm not going to change that. But <laughs> but 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 if you believe that these people were real. Then why couldn't Master Rob Mom be a real person, even mm. if he did some some wrong shit? Right. He ain't no different from nobody else. Right. Same same way with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They, he was right. a human being. He was a human being, and he did some things that were wrong. Right. You know, according to whatever system that he was in. Right. You know, but where does that? Why? How does that take away from his prophecy? Right. How does that take away from the greatness? that he did and why does that take away from the impact that he had on the world because they don't want you to see it in its power Uh, and that's the crazy part because then you take away from Malcolm then you take away from the honorable Messiah Messiah Marcus Garvey then you take away from uh, um, um, Noble Drew Ali Noble Drew Ali Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey. All of our the, 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 the Panther Party. Right. All of you our know. ancestors are stripped down to nothingness. And right. so so then you have a hero with nothing else behind him. But 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 what's not fair about that? What's but what's not fair about that is even as racist and as unhumane as George Washington was, or Thomas Jefferson, or right. any of these uh, other white people that have been right. slave owners and done all of this other stuff, you still want to honor them. Right. And so I don't understand the brainwashing and, and how do you can love the founders of these confederates, you know, that own slaves and kill slaves and kill people. You you can love them in spite and of all of them. And, and forgive them, but and have monuments to them, but then mm. tell me I'm supposed to not like Malcolm X. I'm mm. not, you know, supposed to like Huey Newton, mm. Mar- you know, Marcus Garvey, Dr. Muhammad. Man, you talk about brainwashing. That is brainwashing to the up tenth belief. Yes, sir. And we are at the 25 minute mark in DF and Universe. 
we've got uh, two sessions under our belt, brother. Uh, we're going to have to end this last session short. Um, it is 3.33 a.m. Um, that number three is there. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages and uh, our final thoughts. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. A short session. We'll try to keep it under 10 minutes. I wanted to uh, ask the audience to close their eyes for a minute. And when we prompt you, just whatever first comes to mind, um, just process it in your brain. If I say um, banking and finance, what's the person that comes to your mind? If I say um, politics, uh, presidency, if I say um, professor, what are the first images that come to mind? Um, Based on those images that come to mind in terms of power, um, you'll see uh, often that there won't be images of your own people. So my question to you, uh, Dr. Moore, was briefly, um, what is, why is racism still prevalent? Not only in our minds, but uh, we're suffering from it as black people. And how do we make sense of God if we're still suffering. <clears throat> I don't, okay, so let me, let me try to understand this question. If we're still suffering from racism, then psychologically, what is the question? Why? Well, I think as black people, why we are suffering psychologically is because religiously we've been told that we should not worry about this life. Hmm. That that so psychologically we've been trained um, to believe that when we die, that we will go to heaven, and that this world doesn't matter. Hmm. So we 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 have been conditioned to believe that we can suffer this whole our whole entire life. But our death will be the reward. Hmm. And we'll get paradise when we die and go to heaven. So I think psychologically, that's where we are. The most fulfilling thing about um, Black life will be that death so that we no longer suffer. Right. And And that we will live in the afterlife forever and eternally happy no matter how much we suffered in this real life. Hmm. Now. And it makes the suffering okay. It doesn't make it okay, but it makes it acceptable. It makes it endurable. Right. There, there's a woman that um, I, uh, I saw on Facebook. Her son, um, I think he was given one to two life sentences. I don't think he's ever going to come out of prison. 
Mm-hmm. And she, her words to him, she she quotes, is that if there's a place for you to pray there, then there's a place for you to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think for her, that makes her feel, feel good. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, um, that I think that, that that sounds good to her. But mm-hmm. to me, that sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. And it is very stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say stupid again. Um, but I think that psychologically um, and um, religiously, I think that we have been conditioned in a really, really bad way in terms of black folk. And so because we have because we have motiv- motivational speaking and teaching have been our surviving grace. So no matter what you go through, <clears throat> no matter what happens to you, no matter how your kids die, no matter how your mom dies, no matter how your brother dies, your family member dies, that if you can go and hear a motivational speech, that it could uplift you and make you feel a certain way. And that's fine. I get it. I understand that. Right? I get it to a certain degree. But I think it paralyzes you from doing the work that you need to do to change your condition. Hmm. And I think that um, even with you and I, some of the disagreements that you and I have is that, you know, there's these people that we consider to be leaders. Mm -hmm. Right? And we figure that the leaders are going to save us. Save our world. Mm. And when these leaders die, then we become upset with people that didn't save the leader. Mm. Then we become upset with, or we become um, fragile, or we become disheartened, or we Mm. give up because the leader has died. Mm. And so there's no hope anymore because the leader has died. But Mm. I think that the, the, the message that's lost is that you're the leader. You always, you are always the leader, mm. but you think that you need a leader, and mm. so you can't move because your preacher hasn't told you to move. Mm. You you can't move because the person that inspires you hasn't told you to 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 do anything. Mm. And I think that's the handicap of us. And you that, can't succeed because something in you is telling you that you're not supposed. to. Well, you've been trained that. You've been trained that way. So that makes sense that you feel that way. Right. But you're still following something. And 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 you live in a world where not... See, it, it was easier back in the day when you and I were growing up, right? To just go to church and follow the preacher, follow whatever. But somehow, someone learned that what was weird about us and the way that we were growing up is that we weren't taught that we should be followers, but we were taught that we should be followers, right? But but modern days, someone learned that hey, these people are waking up, hmm. so they they are starting to learn that they shouldn't be followers. So we need to make it popular for them to be followers. Hmm. So when you talk about computers and, and internet and all that other stuff. The computer, the, the internet, all that stuff is a manifestation of a brain. Right. It's a manifestation of a mind. Right. It is showing you how the mind works. Right. So you think that you are thinking your thoughts, but you're not. Yep. 
and you have concepts that you, can manifest into reality. Right. But 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 what what's being bombarded upon you is the way that the internet wants you to think. Right. The way that it wants you to react. So now, and even in order for you to be successful, and this is what bothers me about people, you know, I love the brother Ben, but he's famous because of followers. But mm-hmm. but 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 here's the problem with followers is you can only be famous if you have followers. Mm-hmm. If you are, but if you have followers, you followers are not leaders. Right. Um, right. You could be following the wrong path and don't even know it. There's right. a there's a guy called Nature Boy. He's abusing women based on his uh, spirituality, and that it should be okay for him to do that because he's the prophet. These are young people. Um, they don't see it as we see it. They just have a follower and they're going to follow him blindly. But we are out of time here in DF and University and we're putting the message out there for you to come back next week when we plan to take over the world once again. Uh, last words, brother. Uh, <clears throat> last words um, based on this last conversation is be careful who you follow. Hmm. Um, always consider the source. Hmm. Um, don't be a blind follower. Hmm. Um, following the wrong person will wrong person, wrong people will lead you into a world of trouble. Hmm. Um, don't don't be excited to be a follower. Hmm. Be a leader. Think like a leader. Um, one of the problems with my daughters thinking, both of them, was they believed that these street niggas was the answer. So you don't even have to be a prophet or spiritual. But if I show you a bunch of money, you can follow me hoping to uh, get some money too. But uh, I'll just put that out there into the universe. And uh, we are at the 11-minute mark, and uh, we're going to end the podcast. Uh, i try to keep these down. Um, thank you, Dr. Moore, once again, for your insight and participation. Always very helpful. And um, in my personal um, problems, I'm going to work it out. I'm going to handle it. And um, I hope that everybody out there will be able to handle theirs. Inshallah, bro. And anything I can do to help, uh, please let me know. Inshallah. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. And so, our prayers have to be made more sincere. All right, all right. When the baby came from its mother's womb into a new environment, its first prayer was its cry. 
And that cry was not duplicitous. It wasn't insincere. It was frightened in a new environment. And it cried. That prayer, which is a cry, is universal. And that cry grows as the mind of the child grows into supplication. The child knows God through the mother. Mommy, I'm wet. Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I need. Mommy, God is acting through you, mother. The prayer of the child is answered by you. Father goes out and works hard, hopefully. <laughs> and if father don't have a job, father can't walk around aimless on the corner because we got responsibility. But we've lost creativity, so we don't know how to create a job for ourselves. And we in the ministry are not showing our men Definitely. how to do for themselves. All right, all right. But the father works, brings the money, so that mother can answer the prayers of the child. All right. But mother and father have another kind of prayer and supplication. They call out in the quiet of their room to the Lord of creation to help them to provide for their family. God answers prayer. This whole universe is like the breast of a female. Come on, teacher. When the baby pulls on the breast of the mother, as long as mother is doing right by herself, something is there for the baby. And as long as you are right with God, you can pull on the universe and it will not withhold its blessings from you. So if you're poor, raggedy, and hungry, it's nobody's fault but your own. You better check out how you're connected. So in conclusion, God does not care about your blood family. Well, That's your family. But Christ came into the world to make a new family. A family greater than blood. Yes, sir. A family united by spirit. Yes, sir. That's why the church is so important. Every church is important. Yes, sir. Not as a business. No, all right. Yeah. No, no. 
but every church that handles the word of God properly takes men and women and makes a new family. A better family than the family of the womb. But this is a family that comes out of the womb of Christ's suffering. His passion is what made us brothers. Boy, that's something. That is something. That is. Oh, my people, I want you to understand and know the time.